0: Hi everyone, I want to let you know that there's a bit of background noise in this recording, uh, all sorts of pops and crackles and most obviously the rain absolutely beating against the side of the tent and being very loud indeed Um, and I hope that that doesn't spoil your enjoyment of this really interesting conversation.
1: Right guys, good afternoon, all good, thank you for coming in and hiding from the rain, I'm not sure if you're meant to be here from the seminar. Well, we are very pleased you are here with us. My name is Chris, I am part of the team of South factory Sports, so make sure if you come and see us tonight for a bit of line dancing and a bit of whizzing and all sorts of stuff. that will be fun. Um, I have with me some of the greatest sports people known to man, uh, and I want to introduce them to you. I want you to uh, gonna ask them some questions, and then I want you to pick their brains. The seminar is called Oddballs, and that's not because of who these guys are. Uh, but we have golfers who laughed. We like that joke. Thank you. Uh, we, ha- <laughs> we have golfers, we have footballers, we have basketballers, we have volleyballers, and probably everything and everything else in between. So thank you guys Ball, for giving up your time to come. As David Beckham, He wasn't invited this year. <laughs> He's raging. Uh, thank you guys for giving up your time to come. I know some of you got stuff to do tonight, wedding parties and all that stuff. So thank you uh, for giving up your time, your We want you guys to want to make it interactive, I'm going to ask some questions, and then I want you to ask questions, um, and I want you to leave knowing a bit more, I want you to leave feeling a bit more confident, and uh, if there's anything that we can help you with, we can pray for you, if you want to ask us, then please don't be afraid, are you happy that they ask you anything? That would be good. Uh, So first of all we have Ethan Meeks, Ethan, introduce us to you very quickly, who are you, where are you from, what do you do, what's your sport?
2: I'm from Missouri in the United States, and I play college basketball. College well, basketball.
1: He normally says I'm tall, dark, and handsome, which is absolutely true. He plays basketball. He's about 100 feet tall.
0: Pretty handy for hanging up all this stuff on the roof. Remembering set up. that's great.
1: Paul, Paul McIlwain, Paul, quickly tell us about you.
0: Uh, my name is Paul McIlwain from Craig Abner's Tanks, from Port Down, uh, and I coach and run Craig Abner's Tanks Volleyball Club. That's great.
1: So we've got Missouri. We've got Porter Down. Where are we on to? This is... Anyone know? Front row? Neil Spence. Neil (laughs) tell us quickly a little bit about yourself. Neil Graham. Neil (laughs) Spence. Neil Graham.
3: (laughs) I'm Neil Graham and uh, I live and work in Port Shirt. I am a golf professional at Port Shirt Golf Club, so that's my day-to-day job.
1: Good. And lastly, I'm going to make sure I can look at my notes again. It's always good to look at your notes. We have Daniel Wright at the end. Daniel, tell us a bit about you.
4: Yeah, my name's Daniel Wright. I am I've played multiple sports. I played a little bit of football in England for a while at Wolves and I also uh, uh, am still a PGA professional as well, so PGA golf professional, although not playing very much tonight, but yeah. Okay. And you a football coach? Yes, so uh, uh, my coaching at the minute is with lock Gold. so um, we've just been recently promoted to the Premier League, so yeah, yeah. So lock Gold first thing which is great, loving that. Nice. So somebody who can play golf pretty good, and coach football pretty good, and play football,
1: that's pretty impressive. So we have basketballers, we have volleyballers, we have golfers, and we have footballers. So a bit of a range uh, for you to get from. Tell me, what do you guys play? What's your sport? Rugby. Okay. What else? Volleyball. Nice. Hockey and football. Brilliant. Anything else? You must be an ice skater. Hockey. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. What about you, big man? Hockey and football. That's very popular. Well, I'm glad you got some footballers here. You can ask about that. Okay. Well, you're, you're all Christian, yes. You all love God and you try and do what God wants you to do. And sometimes that might be easy, uh, but sometimes maybe in the sporting world that might be a little bit difficult. So I want to talk about that in a minute. Um, I know a bit more about you. Um, Ethan tell me what's your what's a sporting highlight from you? What's the highest peak you've reached in your young life?
2: I'd probably have to say getting you know, a scholarship to play college. I have my school paid for it because of basketball.
1: Okay so this this guy is just going to, Peter Beckham's going really mad here. Um, this guy's Ethan's going to college play basketball starting in September, October time and we're really pleased to see Okay. What do you love about basketball? Uh,
2: I've played all my life and it's got it's a lot of energy, fast pace and it's always a good time.
1: You're pretty much throwing like a big ball in the bucket? Yeah, pretty much. Simple. Yeah. Why are you good at, baske- at basketball?
2: Obviously the height and uh, because I've put years into it. Yeah, okay. I've, I've been playing since I was elementary, so, fi- no 8, 9 years old. And how old are you now? I'm
1: 19. So 10 years, 10, 11 years, of playing flat basketball. Yep. And a bit of high
0: school. yeah oh, okay.
1: That's great. Well, I'm going to move on to you there. Um, why do you love volleyball so much? Every time I see you, I've known you
0: for about 20 years, and he just loves volleyball. Why? I suppose the key point is actually dealing with young people. Um, I'm a full-time youth development officer around the local schools, so I do about six schools a day every day. Um, We're about 350 members in our Craig Amnaztax Volleyball Club uh, with 15 teams and I probably come into contact with about a thousand kids every week again so as much as I love volleyball I love working with young people um, and being there and just sort of mentor them and help them through life again so it's sport and dealing with young people and youth work.
1: Great, thank you. Neil, I'm going to move on to you. Who's your sporting hero? Remember there's three people or four people up here who like a bit of sport. Don't don't be afraid to drop one of us into it. But who's who's your real sporting hero and why? Does it have to be golf? No. I I guess,
3: well, if it is golf, it's probably Rory McIlroy. It's probably simply because it's just the era that we're living in. I think we're quite lucky to live in an era. Like, I remember when I was younger, looking back, and there was a guy, Fred Daly. nobody else heard of him in this room, but he won the Open back in, like, 50 years ago and plus. And I always wanted to, to have somebody from our wee country do very well in golf. And all of a sudden, Roy McIlroy rises up, and you know he's won four majors. You know it's hard to win a tournament, never mind a major. And he's probably the hottest property now in golf, uh, I would say. So I guess what Rory's brought to the game from our
1: country has, has been an, uh, an amazing. It's nice to be in this generation to see it. It's pretty class. We actually have a. I wrote. Um, Rory McIlroy up in our office in the whiteboard in our office the last ten years and almost every day we pray for him. I believe that God's gonna grab him at some point well, and I, awesome. I,
3: I do I do know guys who are the chaplains on the PGA tour who have been speaking to him. I I, I know his coach well as well. He he was the one who told me about it. So yeah.
1: the Hiskey family are a bit of an excellence back for these guys. Yeah, that's awesome. I think you'll 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 be interested in whether you're involved like all in a in a community kind of club and it's just for fun or whether you're at the higher level of, of a sport. Uh, you can be a Christian, you can be the night in that at all those different levels. Neil, what makes you good at golf? How can I get better? What yeah, I'll tell you what. What's one thing I have to do to get better? What's the one thing that's most important? Practice. I've no time for that. Oh uh, well you gotta practice. Apart from practice the these boys will tell you here you gotta practice. But I think I think I was hoping for them at the magic the magic pill
3: <laughs> No such thing. Um what was the question again? Why do I? What makes me good well, at golf? Did you
1: say? Or? Why? What, what is it about you that makes you good at golf?
3: Um. Well, it's the hardest. These guys will argue with me, but I think it's the hardest sport in the world. I it's, agree. It's, it's complex. Yeah. There's so many things to do: putting, chipping, driving, irons. There's the psychology part of it. Uh, the golf courses you play. It's just. It's so difficult. Uh, no reflection on me, but. As a, as a youngster, I was a bit of a recluse, so I just loved going and practicing and hitting balls and playing golf. And yeah, yeah. Uh, So I guess maybe part of my personality is I'm, com- I'm competitive and I like to compete. Um, and I also like time on my own, just going and hitting balls and practicing and, and, and cra- uh, just learning the crafts and, and improving my own ability. So yeah. I think it's part of my personality. Yeah, I it think it's I'm an
1: important sure, part of yeah.
3: it. There's people who aren't competitive and there's people who are, but I find that the people who are more competitive
1: will probably do better at golf. Yeah, like Ethan plays, but team sport, part of a team. But golf is completely different. The mindset around that. Daniel, you spent so much of your time playing uh, sport, coaching sport, doing sport. What do you do outside of sport? We go and we play sport for fun, don't we? We go to school, we go to college, we go to work, and then we go and play sport. You do sport.
4: What do you do for fun? Uh, good, really good question. <laughs> um, I yeah, my, my life feels sometimes like all consumed by sport. That that oh. is very very true, especially my previous job before this so I went out of coaching golf in particular, my background is actually football and golf, I played a little bit of football in England so my I, I went out in, into actually coaching in primary schools for about six years or so um, and so that and then coaching three nights a week and on a Saturday my only real day off is a Sunday um, so outside of all of that one of my favourite things to do is I am absolutely obsessed with coffee so oh. I have a love for specialty coffee, nice. and, um, and and with that probably like the reason behind that is because of the different pace of what playing sport and being involved in sport is. I sort of love going to a coffee shop, being able to read and chill out, and or else take my dog for a walk. I, I got a dog over lockdown, and yeah, he's great. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, let us into a bit of a secret. Where's your most favourite coffee
4: shop at the moment? Uh, my favourite one in the country is up this direction-ish, I suppose, is Middletown in Ballymena. Um, yep. So, yeah, yeah, it's, or like your typical ones like Established and all of that in Belfast. Oh, okay, yeah, that's good. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's well that's,
1: <laughs> that's, that's amazing, from the pressure of Premier League football to go and have a <laughs> wee coffee, yep. to going out on your own and, and doing a bit of golf, it's the, there's such a wide range of, of spaces and places that we can play sport. So I'm probably just going to get into it, uh, and, Ethan, I'm going to start with you again. Should we try and be salt and light in sport? What, what's the role of a Christian in sport? Should we not just go and enjoy it, go and have fun, go and be competitive, go and let off some steam? Why should we try and be salt and light in a sporting context, or should we?
2: We definitely should. Um, I, at least personally in America, with I had my entire team last year, I was the only Christian on my basketball team. Okay. And so, a lot of those guys, you can see, they struggled. And I've talked to some of them and how they struggled personally. And so, helping them with the relationship with Jesus was able to help them with uh, their, their personal feelings and mental health and stuff like that and it just they need Jesus and you can see it they struggle with all their life and so many of them have come from poverty and suffering and not struggling anymore uh, just save them they were they have basketball and that was their one out but we're bigger than just our sport we're, that's what Jesus is for and so not being reliant on sport as our identity uh, really changes your
1: life
0: okay okay
1: well what do you say about that why why should we be sort of like
0: um, a key point as I go out around the local schools um, and you've all range our schools and abilities and high schools and grammar schools it's really easy just to get sucked in about winning games and um, I think there's more to life than just winning matches, um, ourselves, uh, we won all the trophies, we're a league cup, we've done 4 out of 4 trophies this year, and to be totally honest felt a bit empty at the end of it, you know, everybody was trying to say it's all about winning, and I suppose, even since our, this season has just finished again, I felt God calling me to change the club and the players to, w- we're going to steal one from America, it's called AO1, as an audience of one that you're actually playing for an audience of one and that audience, and audience of one is Jesus. I just think it changed the whole environment of how you coach and how you play. It's not all about the performance. It's not, not all about making, I think coaches get sucked in. It's all about making them so that the players win and look how great the coaches are. But I think we just need to have that respect and understanding that it's only by God's grace of, like I'm, I'm so lucky to be coaching in sport, Um it's not a day gone by where I, I I don't think I'm one of the luckiest ones in Northern Ireland to actually get paid for getting up in the morning. and playing volleyball and coaching volleyball and having the opportunity to be salt to the young to the local kids both on are going and put it down. So it's a pleasure and it's an honour for me. It's not it's not even a job. People say you've a you've a job, but to me it's it's getting up and trying to be that salt in difficult situations and different and different situations as well.
1: Okay, I, Daniel, I'm gonna jump over back to you. You've obviously got a manager um, who wants to win, you have supporters who wants to win, uh, you've done very well at winning and, and progressed now in the Premier League, how do you balance that with um, obviously a very packed uh, schedule and very even in training every minute is accounted for? How do you try and find time to edge in a bit of salt and light within that?
4: Good question. Um, so- one of my big things is actually uh, I have the joy of being a coach so I don't have the pressure of being the manager and I kind of thrive on that in that one of my big sort of ways to try and be salt I suppose is to actually have a relationship with the players so um, I think one of the things that I really really enjoy doing is actually building a relationship with the players to try and act as a sort of intermediary between manager and player and. At, like w- w- one of the ways that i've done that this year is we we won the league and a lot of the lads were going away and we went away as a group and a lot of a lot of the management staff chose to sort of not go on that and and just let the players have that but because i I've, I've the luxury of i'm kind of in and around a lot of the same age as the players so i I'm friendly with a lot of them and I think so w- one of the main things that I've tried to do is build a relationship with them and and actually show that yes I want them to win on a, on a Saturday as much as anything else but I care deeply about them too and so I've made a lot of really really good friendships. I think um, football nowadays is so fleeting you know you you might only be in, in an environment for six months to 12 months and there's such high turnaround that actually you have to try and make an impact when you're there and so one of the things that I try to do is make sure that whenever I get in there I, I'm, I'm smiling I'm being happy I'm actually although I might not always speak about Jesus I'm trying to show Jesus in my actions um, and, and like that that's that sort of comes with creating an environment and a culture and a changing room that actually a lot of our boys say please and thank you it manners even at like we get fed and watered every night of training and like pre seasons is a really really busy time and just just trying to implement simple things of like being an example about the place and making sure that actually whenever the kitchen staff are cooking meals and we're you know going out and playing football all the time that boys are walking in and saying thank you and you're ensuring that I'm doing that and making sure that actually you're, you're just being a wee bit of a light there and people do yeah. tend to see something different through your actions then you know
1: so, so as
4: a coach you, you
1: have um, a platform and you, you can be so enlightened even just by a smile, by, by manners, by what whatever. I know some of you guys will not have coaches who are like that. Some of you will have coaches who are not yet Christians. Some of you might have coaches who are giving off to you in way using words and things they shouldn't say. What do you what advice do you give them? How can they cope with that?
4: Um, sport is very, very frustrating. You, yeah. uh, it's perfectly normal to feel frustrated and feel angry in different situations. Um, I don't always get it right. Um, I've probably learnt a lot as I've grown up. Whenever I started coaching when I was very, very young, so like my football coaching started at the age of about twenty, wow. and I've learnt so much. In I'm thirty-one now, I've learnt so, so much in eleven years, and actually whenever I look back there's times where I was like "Oh, you you just cringe because of how you you, you did behave or get on in certain situations and I think actually that is something that if you're a Christian and you're a sports player that you should be praying about, You, you know ultimately you're not asked to not care if a decision goes against you or or something happens in a game that you can't control, but one of the things that I always do try to say to myself is control what you can control. And so if, if a referee makes a decision or if something happens or if one of our players makes a mistake, I'm not, <laughs> not going to try and actually take that out on them. You know, I think I, I can control my actions at that point, and I think there's better ways to deal with those situations than to raise your voice or to speak angrily or to speak in language that we shouldn't be using, you know. So, so yeah. if one of these young
1: people are getting frustrated or getting annoyed or getting upset with the, the language the coach uses or the, the mannerisms. What can they do?
4: I think. Um it's good to speak up in those situations. If if a coach, if a coach, for example, is using bad language against you, I think that's an issue, especially for you guys because you're kids, you're underage age. So a lot of you actually, if a coach is using bad language against you, that would be a big, big red flag, um, for me. But I, I think it's important that you speak to somebody in that that, that situation if um, there's something going on that you're not comfortable with, you're not happy with, you go and speak to somebody. But actually, in that situation too. I think it's important that you're praying for your coach (laughs) because they might, in that that situation, be feeling pressured or there's so many other external things that are going on in their life that they might be taking it out on you for some other reason. So prayer is a very, very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And praying for your coach is actually something that we should be striving to. And praying, ultimately, we can't save people, but Jesus can. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's good. Well, a couple of things already. Uh, We should be salt and light. We should be stand up for being Christians in our team, even when it's difficult. Uh, we should be praying for our coaches we should mm. be uh, making sure that we don't put up with anything that is not right and mm. and uh, that involves maybe sharing that involves praying neil i'm going to hit you with a hard question should we be playing or training on sundays
3: oh yes thank you thank you for that one uh, nobody's got any eggs are going to throw at me here and um, well personally i i i grew up in a, a family who attended a, a a gospel hall church yeah so we were at church in the morning, Sunday school in the afternoon, and then the evening service every Sunday. So then um, there was zero sport. Uh, there was nothing like that. So you, you spent the day in the house and around the house. So that was, that was it. Um, but as I've grown older and I'm now in a position where I can make my own decisions, uh, and um, just, just with experiences and my own beliefs, um my my family are here we we I, i tend not to work on a sunday although my job is busy on a sunday so um for us for my way of thinking of it if you're going to be playing sports every sunday and it's going to affect your relationship with jesus to me that's that's a bit of a red flag um but if if say now and again or something like that there you're asked to play i don't see any problem with that personally um, in my sport, it's obviously seen as uh, okay to play golf on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Like, for instance, I was over in America there with uh, a few of the guys, and the guys on the tour have a Tuesday night meeting, and in that Tuesday night, that's their church, because they want to make the weekend, because that's what pays their bills. Um, if they don't make it to Saturday, Sunday, there's, there's not going to be bread on the table. Yeah. So these guys... Um, you know their their church service is on a Tuesday night. It doesn't necessarily have to be on a Sunday. It's the it's, it's the gift that God has given these guys, uh, and it's the gift that God has given me to do is to is to uh, to in the golfing environment. So um, I'm not too sure, too sure if I answered that correctly, but I'm only speaking from my own personal experience. Okay,
1: Ethan. What about you? We we'll jump over to you. Uh, you've been playing basketball for a long time, and every time I talk to you, you're playing basketball, going to training, or come back from training. Should you be doing it on a Sunday? I know when you go to college, that's going to be something that might happen. Should we be doing it as Christians?
2: I agree with what he said. As long as it's not an every Sunday thing or it's not affecting your relationship with Jesus. Because Jesus does tell us we should be in the Bible every single day. So as long as it's not affecting your relationship with Jesus or they're getting to do something like this we're getting to share the gospel with others and I think it's okay I've played on Sundays some uh, but I I don't do it every Sunday and I don't train every Saturday I try to take weekends off so that I'm able to go to church and I help with my church every Sunday so I try to be able to do that and I don't train on Sundays
1: so what would happen if your coach you go to college and your coach says Ethan you want to be on the team you got to train every Sunday play every Sunday what would you do? how could you handle that well? Uh, personally
2: uh I would not I wouldn't be okay with that if it was every Sunday because that almost feels like he doesn't want me to be at church if he knew I was a christian, but i I would say that every other day I can I would be in my Bible, and my church personally has a broadcast of our sermons so we can I can watch it online and I would be watching that when I can and if not, I'm finding another way to hear about God, so you're compromising it seems like it, but I'm fine it's like he said with the Tuesday night things. Uh, maybe I try to do that in a way if I can't do it Sunday I'll do it Monday or I'll do it Saturday or I'll do it Tuesday uh, there's other days of the week to do it
1: okay okay that's fine that's fine Paul I'm going to go to you and I have another good question for you should we pray to win God help me to win today is that a thing we should be
0: doing uh, no I, I don't think you should be praying to win uh, but I think Daniel has already said we should be praying for our players and our, our coaches and our managers um, I suppose there's a lot of pressure, even at uh, what level, whether it's a community level, local stage, or whether you're playing professional, there's always everybody, it's just win-win-win in all situations, and again, Daniel has already said this, I think if we spend a wee bit more time on the person to understand where the players are coming from, maybe there's pressures at home, maybe there's pressures of no job or finances, that... um, just a wee bit less on winning and actually spend time to build relationships up on those people and understand where your players and coaches come from. Um, and giving them the opportunity, making space that you can actually pray for them. Um, and something we have tried to create in a situation, a culture. We have, sports all about this magic word called culture, but if you ask anybody what it is, nobody can answer it. Um, but this culture, I stole it and... I don't even like the word culture because it's a lot of negatives from it, but I changed the prayer culture where we're actually open, we're willing to pray for people. I believe that God heals so even for injuries I suppose the big thing like like push if anybody's injured that we're open to prayer uh, and the church is there for us and it's not um, I think outsiders that people don't go to church think prayer is very boring and you go to church and there's the negative thing but as young Christians, we need to. Christian life's exciting. Prayer life's exciting. To see God move supernatural is exciting. I've seen people healed of cancer. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. So I like to to go the positive stuff. And um, I suppose that's the. i going to change the culture to. God's out there and He's real and He can do supernatural things.
1: I'm not sure you answered my question. You skipped the question very, very carefully. But I'm going to stick with you. What if uh, one of these boys or girls have a teammate who is self-harming or a teammate who, who always goes out and gets drunk or a teammate who maybe uh, maybe sleeping with their boyfriend or girlfriend or a teammate who is doing behaviours or has attitudes or stuff that is just not, not healthy and not maybe not right? What, how would you advise them to deal with that? I think...
0: Noticing it is the first one, just to noticing that there's maybe something up with the players um, and having that relationship with them that you can see it and spot it. Um, and I think it's really important that you, if you have a relationship with it, then you can deal with it and have, you have the right to deal with it. Um, and having the opportunity, if you have, as a coach or a player, to draw alongside them and have the opportunity to ask them first, not just to jump in and, and, and point the finger at them, but to task can you help with support and is there anything that you can help them in it and then give them the opportunity that you can pray for them um, again I have been situations as I said I have a thousand kids a week again I see young kids self harming, I have seen where somebody has had really bad hands and God through prayer has just they've just disappeared in a second so I've seen the worst in kids but I've seen God who has done amazing miracles in kids and there's nothing that God can't heal them.
1: You're like a politician. You've told us good stuff, but you haven't answered the question. <laughs> I'm not sure I like that, Daniel. I'm going to jump over to you. Um, you're very successful at what you do. Uh, you're very good at what you do. How do you cope with pride? Some of these kids you have made. You went through the trials. You've made the team. You've scored the goals. You're the you're the star midfielder or the star centre or whatever it is you play, whatever sport. And you just you're proud. How can you advise them? How can you help them deal with their pride issues?
4: Yeah. So so there is a difference between being prideful and being happy uh, and uh, so I'm experiencing something so like whenever we won the league there last season uh, it was only a couple of months ago That I, w- I was proud of our achievement as a group and I think that's okay I think what whenever pride turns to boastfulness and pride turns to it's been me that's accomplished this um, that's whenever actually it becomes dangerous and it becomes an issue of our heart rather than actually an issue of emotion so I think um, one of the big things is don't don't be beating yourself up if you score a hat-trick and you walk off the pitch. Uh, like, one of my big things is I don't like whenever people downplay their achievements either. Like, if okay. you've done something really, really well, God has given you talents and God has given you abilities. So whenever you do whenever you do those to the best of your ability, it's okay to feel happy about those. But I think in those moments, if you're a Christian, God calls us to actually take a moment and remember that he has given us those talents and abilities and that he has given us those talents to live for his glory. Um, So one of the things, like, I would get asked quite a lot is whenever you, um, like, I played a little bit of football. I use the example of whenever I was playing, I made my first team debut for Wolves at 17. Like, loads of people would say to me, oh, how did you not let that go to your head? But I think I was very, very aware of, actually, God had placed me in this situation. And even at the age of 17, I saw the bigger picture that, God had, God had provided that for me and it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't through actually my own efforts and my own abilities it was actually through his grace that I was in the situation that I was in so it's trying to um, actually use your positive experiences and yes be happy if you do something really well and don't be afraid of being proud of your achievements but actually then the most important thing is to recognise that those haven't been self made, that those have been through God I think actually you made a really good point,
1: it's okay to be happy it's okay to celebrate. It's okay to be um, really confident. I think it's when it when it goes to uh, tips over the edge and to thinking that you are the superstar, that believing that you are the superstar, your team uh, could not do without you, then that's when it begins to cause um, some, some
4: problems. And, Chris, I'll add to that just one thing. See if, see if you are playing professional sport, an elite sport, it, it's okay also to be... Like I, I coach a lot of people who struggle with self-confidence. So I coach a lot of people who walk out onto the walk out on the pitch or walk out on the first tee and they feel this size within themselves because they're maybe struggling with other issues. If if that's not you, if you feel confident in yourself, that's also okay yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I think that's a that's a part of being. You know, I, I, I get a lot of stuff from in, in, inside. You know, I, I feel like if there's new pressures or something new happening, I, I embrace that challenge. I almost use it to motivate me. But actually, it's, it's then having the mannerisms to be humble enough whenever you're speaking to people that you're not coming across as arrogant or cocky. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Conf- yeah, confidence is a big issue. We often don't, don't have that in ourselves or in abilities. Neil, over to you. Uh, we'll go to the, the other end of the scale. When you're having a bad day... And I, I'm assured that you don't have many bad days. But when you have a bad day and the golf is just not going right, or the hockey is not going right, you just can't score the goal, you just can't uh, dribble properly volleyball, the, the setting is not going right, the football, you just cannot uh, get that pass through. When things are not going great, you get frustrated, you maybe get angry. How can we cope with that? That argh? Sometimes sport does to us as a Christian. How can we do with that um, that's, in a certain light manner? That's a very good question. Um...
3: Probably when I was younger, it, it depends It depend on my expectations of myself. Um, when I was younger, I had probably higher expectations of myself practiced hard, particularly in the younger days when I met my wife sitting on the front here. Um, so we're married 17 years now, so probably 20 years ago, I decided, right, I'm going to make a go at this. I want to practice hard. So two or three years of relentless practice, and you particularly... If you go down and play a tournament and then you shoot mid seventies or high seventies and you've practiced very hard, it's hard not to have those emotions, the negative emotions of anger and you know, regret, I shouldn't have done this or I should have I should have done this. But back then it's it's different to now because that was my identity. My identity lay in in golf, because that was my focus is on right, I'm gonna be this, I'm gonna do this. So if anything happened that was negative towards that it's just uh, your world falls apart um, so over the years Jesus has changed my life in a way where it's like my identity most days I try and have it in Jesus and when I have that mindset and I've I played I don't play competitive golf anymore but if say if you you a bad day at work or something else has happened it's okay it's fine you know there's the coping mechanisms are better I have a wife who loves me at home. I have two lovely kids at home. Um, so, you know, those things fall off me a lot quicker. So really it is an identif- identity crisis if, if these things are totally rocking your world, which it did for me when I was younger.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think I'm a coach too, and I talk to my teams a lot about the peaks and troughs. And some days you're really hitting it, and it's great and it's awesome. Other days you're just not feeling it. It's not working, and you have these peaks and troughs. And I think that God, I think what you're trying to say there is that God brings in our relationship with him and knowing that sport is not the be-all and end-all, it gives us a bit more of a plateau. And so we're not having these big highs and these big lows and we're able to to keep it in perspective and say, "Okay, God, thank you for uh, when it's going well. Thank you for the talent and ability you've given me. Uh, When it's not going so well, as it happens to us all, God, (laughs) help me here. I'm frustrated, I'm annoyed, but I'm okay. it's okay." Please just help me to get that mentality right back, that, that uh, remember that you are more important than my sporting achievements, and I think it's really important for us that we don't have too many, as a coach I'm saying, when we're playing, don't be high and don't be low, be neutral, but I think as a person, as a mentality as well, uh, sport is not the be all and it's not the end all, and uh, we have God in the middle of it. Ethan, you're sitting there very patiently, you're making me look short and fat here, isn't he? It's not fair. Uh, you said you were the, the only Christian on your team uh sometimes some I mean, of you guys might be the only Christians on your team. How do you cope with that when you get lonely when you get uh maybe the boys are saying stuff or doing stuff or uh on the the group chat do you have group chats yeah. uh and they're saying stuff that maybe is not wholesome? How do you deal with all of that how how would you what would your advice be?
2: The starter is definitely not joining in on it uh, okay but it helps to have those other Christian friends so you can be you can be friends with those teammates that aren't Christians that's how you're able to disciple to them but you need those other Christian friends to lean on when you are struggling yourself with your Christianity mm-hmm. and your faith and all that so it's definitely having you know the this relationship so that I'm whenever I'm struggling I can ask him when he's struggling he asked me and uh, if I have a question he can answer and that sort of thing and always talking to your, your church leaders and stuff like that because they they love to help people our age especially grow in their faith and their personal relationship with Jesus because you are starting to become your own person and starting to make your faith your own. So just having those Christian friends that are able and those leaders that are able to help you with the
1: questions and struggles you have. I work for a sports ministry and obviously we're involved in sport and Christianity and I think I'll reinforce what you say is you guys need to have Christian friends who are also involved in sport and when you go to church and you talk about church stuff and you talk about maybe boys or girls, you talk about stuff going on in school, often we find the conversation is not around what's happening in your sports teams. So if you have friends who play, Christian friends who play in other teams or other sports, talk about it and be there for each other and encourage each other and pray for each other. I think that is so important because you might find that you're the only Christian or the only, the only uh, player who wants to stand up for being a Christian and it can get very, very lonely. And you think people are talking about you, you think people are pointing the finger at you. You have to be there for each other and support each other. I think that's really a good point and really important for you guys to do. Get involved in South Factory Sports, get involved in Coaching for Christ, get involved in Athletes in Action, get involved in Ambassadors, get involved in Christians in Sport. There are organisations like us who are there to help you through all of this. You don't have to do it on your own. I think that's really important uh, for for you to know as well. Paul, back to you. Um you sometimes have to deal with parents and uh... sometimes that's good, sometimes that's not so good uh... when parents come at you in the morning and my my son hasn't played, my daughter hasn't played and some of you guys have been benched sometimes you haven't started sometimes that's not great so again you get the the phone call from the parents what would you say to these kids to encourage them what, would you, what advice would you give to them how to handle that when I mean, you maybe were so good and then they're not starting or they were scoring all the goals and they're not and you know that their, their parents are asking them what's going on uh, their friends are saying what, what's going on what's happening here you deal with the parents what what would you say to the kids how would they, you advise them to deal with all of that
0: Who's well, a key point in all this is being truthful um <laughs> that's that's hard sometimes to talk the kids onto the parents to actually be real with them and explaining why or what they have to do to get back on the team again. Um, I think if we're open and honest, um, nothing can come back to you as a coach again. Um,
1: as a Christian, how would you get them to respond to that?
0: put what Daniel said, the right start again, like the golfers as well. It's practice, practice, practice. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong. with think they have to train harder, they have to turn up um I'm gonna be really bold here and say we're, we're in a fickle background where kids just turn up every now and again, think that they deserve to be in teams. Um, and I think, again, it's changing that culture of, it's hard work, it's determination, it's training hard, it's your manners, it's it's being on time, not turning up to late again, and all those things. I have, I have a big thing in my statement, as in, they put a lot of pressure on us, you shouldn't have favorites, and I'm actually opposite. I, I think it's okay to have favorites, because the kids who don't turn up the train, the kids who are bad-mannered, the kids who are effing blind, the kids, they wonder why they don't get on. It's usually, whenever you identify and tell them the truth, then that's the reason why. So whenever people come to me and say, why is we Jimmy getting on and I'm not getting on, I usually tell them the truth, as in they're training, they're trained harder, they're practicing harder, and name it, name it and shame it and being honest. Okay.
1: Daniel, over to you. Flat-out tackling. Flat-out tackling? Flat-out tackling. As a Christian, should you go out and do a flat out, I'm going to knock you over and win the ball at all costs? Is that something, we, the mentality we should have? Or if, like at the higher end of sports, should we be saying, oh, I'm a Christian, I need to pull out of that tackle. Uh, I'm a Christian, so I'm just not going to uh, move that little ball with my golf stick. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> or I'm a Christian, so I'm not going to try and hit the ball as hard as I can. Or, you know, as a Christian, should we go out and, and give it all? <laughs> and cheat? No, I'm not saying no, that um, what's a mentality as Christians we should have
4: yeah so like you never play sport to hurt anybody like that that would be my take on that like I would never obviously I'm a goalkeeper so I didn't hit very many tackles <laughs> um, but yeah yeah. Um, I think like I think it's okay to really want to win like and I think I think actually speaking to players who you know I, I, I have conversations with players who are Christians about stuff like this and like it's, it, there comes a certain time where if you actually don't commit the tackle, you're at risk of getting injured yourself. So, for example, if you're talking about a fifty-fifty in football where the ball's between me and somebody else, am I going to go in and be like, oh, I'm a Christian? Or I'll just dip my toe in the water? No. <laughs> but I think, I think like I'm not going into that tackle going, I'm I'm planning to hurt you. And if I don't hurt you, I'm annoyed and I'll get you the next time. Or if you hurt me, like I think you're going in to play the game within the rules and it's first way possible. But if there's a ball there to be won, I think it's... I think I actually think it's really, really healthy to be competitive because it shows, even in your witness... Like, I've, ha- I've had loads and loads of situations where, like, people are almost... I, I would say... I-, I use the term shocked lightly, but they're... They're shocked that I want to win as much because I, you know they think like oh Daniel's a Christian and you know he'll just like yeah try and keep everybody He's happy be and be soft. nice yeah and be soft, but it, like I I am so competitive and I think like there's certain there's that's within our nature and our personality and equally if we believe that we're made in God's image and we believe that that then that is part of us God has created us in that way, it can be very unhealthy and it, it can be like what these guys have said if that becomes like your sole focus or actually. You, you get a bit of a name for being like the hard player in your team. I, I think like as long as you're trying to play the game within its rules and fairly then yeah, like tackle away but safely. <laughs> and within That's the it. rules. If you learn nothing else,
1: ta- tackle away but do it safely. Okay. Oh, <laughs> We're nearly out of time, I wanna ask you one final question each. I wanna if you have any questions, I'd love you to ask them and then I will ask one of you to brief for them. Ethan, sum up be in salt and light in your sporting team, your sporting context. What's your final bit of advice for these guys that they can do it well? Be in salt and light in their teams.
2: Much like Daniel said, you uh, be a friend, be a leader. Show how, why you are different than everybody else because oftentimes you get thrown in with everybody, especially on a team sport like basketball. You're thrown in where, oh, you're just part of that team. You are the same as them. So show why you're different to not only your coaches but your teammates and those who watch the game can see I mean obviously you're going to be competitive but there's certain actions and things you say that will be different uh, than the rest of the people you're around and that's how it should be and that's how they know that you are different you are a Christian and a lot of times you get those people who are like why are you different like what's different about them that's what makes them curious about Christianity because they see you act different and talk different
1: okay that's a really good point the two of you are making there that it's okay to be a leader you don't have to be soft because you're a Christian. You can stand up and say, this is who I am, that's what I believe, you can be a hard tackler. If anyone else, Daniel said, that's okay. <laughs> um, and you can be a leader in your team. And I think when we have more leaders, Christian leaders, salt and light in our teams, that's when really good things are gonna happen. You'll be more able to influence the culture of that team. Well, what's your final bit of advice?
0: Well, it a key point, just a statement, just to put across there is, uh, I value relationship over religion. And sometimes people see religion. Religion has an to offer anything. But if we have a personal relationship with Jesus, that usually outflows. And people see there's something different in us. And I think if, if you're being real in every situation, then people want something that you actually have. Great,
1: OK. Neil? Oh, oh, we have an ad in here.
2: One thing about uh, being a friend is you may not make the impact right now. You may not convert them right now. But by being a friend, you plant the seed in their head. That, yeah. hey, he was different. and that you're able to, you may not have it right now, it may be a year's process, but you start
1: that process for them. Brilliant, be part of a, a process. That was a good injunction, Ethan, thanks. Um, well, we're commanded to love each other, uh, to love
3: others. And that's hard to do sometimes, because you. Don't, I don't know who's coming through the door. Uh, some are easier to love than others. Um, but on a day-to-day basis, I have a boss, I am a boss, I have colleagues, I have members, it's everybody around me. So it's how you, it's how you act, it's the decisions you make on a daily basis, it's the conversations that you have, it's the conversations you avoid, um, it's it's knowing that uh, you're there for somebody, um, uh, it's everything, and it's a hard road to take. Sometimes sometimes hard to make decisions, these decisions, but it's the best in the long run. So f- for me. For me it's just trying to love as as I've been loved, as I've been forgiven by Jesus. It's trying to it's trying to um, replicate that on a daily basis. Okay, that's great, thank you.
1: And Daniel,
4: your final advice, how can these kids be great salt and light, effective salt and light in their teams? Yeah, um so I think like what these guys have said, absolutely that is so 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 important. You have to understand that actually God has placed you in a position where you can witness the people. Um I always think that like we feel like if we are Christians, we have to sometimes work in Christian circles or work in different, but actually God has placed you in a really, really unique situation that you're involved in a team, perhaps that you might get to witness to other people. One of the things I would say to you is actually you will get this wrong from time to time. You will get it wrong and that's okay. And actually, um, I've been away this week with some of my work and one of the things that we were reminded of is God's mercies are new every day for us. And, uh, you will, you will have days where you slip up you'll have days where you fall in with the crowd you'll have days where you get frustrated and you may swear at somebody or you respond to somebody in a way that you shouldn't and actually all of our human emotions take over but I also think that it's really really important that you realise that that's not the final story, that you um, are part of something much bigger that Jesus has a plan for your life and whether or not you understand what that fully looks like, actually being faithful to him and praying to him and, and trying to obey him actually you will find that God's plan takes place in your life ok that's brilliant that's really good advice sport is not the be all and end all I think you've
1: got some good advice today try and be a leader pray for your coaches don't worry when things go wrong uh, that sport is not going to be the, the make or break in your life and uh, lots of other things around that as well any questions you would like to ask these guys <laughs> you're not going to I have one question yes Okay. <laughs> I, I
3: forgive you. He was, he's 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 obviously. Su- c- it's Sunday. Is it appropriate for them to be playing this on Sunday? <laughs> it fine. It's fine. I saw Liverpool top. He's good. He's he's, he's a classic guy, obviously. Okay.
1: okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I. Well, well, I think it's probably not your role to, cre- cre- to create that bridge. Uh, sorry, I'm taking the question here. I know, pass on a minute. I think your role is to to help them and their relationship with Jesus. Because when they are filled with the Spirit, when they are walking tightly with God, when they are are in that phase, that sphere, when that looks like that, they can't help but radiate that wherever they go. And the God's Spirit and God's presence and, and, and the biblical way of living will just seek from them. I think if you approach it of, right here, you know, these guys are playing football, uh, how can I help them do that? If you don't know sport, it's hard for you to do. And honestly, it's a very hard thing to do it, as a teenager. You just want to fit in. You just want to be normal. You don't want to be uh, the Christian guy in the changing room. So I, I think, but this is my opinion, maybe if you can help them, to love Jesus and to their personal walk with him, that will go into the school, work, their sports team, and it will just kind of seep out. I'm always, I've been to loads of teams. I've always always amazed when people ask me, Chris, what's different about you? Chris, why do you, why do you say that? Why do you not do that? And I think that it will come back to them. And if you prepare them, they know what to say. They're happy to talk about their faith, uh, quoting Bible verse or whatever. I think that's, that's your role there to help them love Jesus and show it. Would you like to challenge me or say anything different on that?
0: I had a situation last week where we group of guys, we boys, and they were misbehaving and one of the teachers said, That's okay, they're just footballers. And to me that's not good enough because that's only an excuse. You could be a brilliant footballer and be top of the reins. Um, so I, I that's what I talk about, that culture. I think there's I think we are better, we can set higher standards. And it's my ideas, we've no set menu, but just pick time aside with the boys and I pray with them to say that I, I prayed with a guy who wasn't a believer and he scored for six weeks in a row, he come back every week, and we're saying, oh we shouldn't do that, why should we not pray, why should we not pray to be the best, to be the best midfielder, to be the best tacker, to be the best goalkeeper, to do the best we can, to give God the glory, and by giving God even that 30 seconds before the football pitch, to see where his identity is, it's not on the football team, or being the best player, or scoring, but his identity, it's worth taking 30 seconds and praying, if and I, I think we're changing culture. My, my big issue at the minute now, whenever you've got those guys, what, what age is he, roughly? Certainly, I, I deal a lot with, with them to 14s. My big bond at the minute is to get guys to pray in the change rooms. Uh, if somebody's injured, pray for them. And you know you know what the pray, my prayer is? God and help them. Because we, we've taken young people out of prayer meetings. In fact, we never put them in prayer meetings until they're over 40. They're not allowed in unless they've got a passport. Um, we should be praying in the change rooms. We should be praying for their health. We should be praying for their grannies. We should be praying for them to win. We should be praying. I'm just teasing the basics of principles. It's doing church. I was with Chris there about six weeks ago, and we were doing volleyball out in the football pitch. And at the end of it, God really spoke to me and said, "This is church. Church. It's taking church out of the four walls and put them on a football pitch or a golf course or a volleyball court, but." if we have this goose and oh, it's alright they're alright they're just footballers I don't have it I really don't I think we're bigger and we're better and I think the church has things to move and God can use 11, 14 year olds to do miracles
4: mm-hmm.
0: we probably try to figure it all out we don't need to figure it out just like God do it and you'll see God moving in the changing rooms and his teams but D- God answers
4: Daniel do you want to add, add anything to yeah, that? I think like you have to be really, really, like, gracious on yourself. You are yeah. doing a fantastic job but actually... Uh, like, there's not many people going and watching football that don't want to watch football, so well done for doing that. Because, like, <laughs> I put the cricket on today and my wife was just like, seriously? <laughs> so, like, that speaks volumes about you as a person and actually you are being an influence to them as well. And I think, like, it's a little bit what um, Ethan said. They might not see that right now as a maturity thing. At 13, you might not see that actually the best way to me to be in a football pitch... Um, is actually live for Jesus but they will look back and think there was a leader one day that cared really well for me and they were a Christian and and I think like I've realized that as I've matured whenever I was 13, 14, 15 and I actually really agree with what Paul's saying there's no reason why they shouldn't be um, trying to carry Jesus onto the sports field and perhaps that's that's where you can influence them is to actually bring that onto the sports field now but I think by encouraging that at this age you might not see it happen this year at Summer Madness but you might see it in 10 years time where that person is still shining and living for Jesus in the changing room and actually don't be hard on yourself you know 13 year old boys can make mistakes too and (laughs) so yeah you're doing a good job (laughs) yeah
1: yeah I have to reiterate that you're going to watch them and you don't understand it that's fantastic no No way oh we have more questions great question yeah. yeah
4: Um, really that's a brilliant question I, like that, that's kind of what I was hinting at there I find that really difficult at the age of 13 four, like actually what that looked like I, there was a natural as like as we are growing up you want to fit in and you want to be like part of the team part of the crowd and so when people realise oh he's the Christian that can feel like really really strange but actually, one of the big things that I, I tried to do was pray about that. And actually, that God would, uh, without me forcefully trying to have conversations, I prayed that God would actually provide the situations for me to speak to some people. And the way that that actually first worked itself out for it with me was, whenever I first moved to England to play football, I was only 15. And one of the, the first time I really spoke to somebody about being a Christian in sport was the family I was living with. The dad in that family was an atheist. And so, um, like, I, I remember just praying that god would spark conversations in that and actually what happened whenever i started having one or two conversations i found then that two or three happened in the changing room as well and there's things naturally that are going on changing rooms that we just like it's so it's easier to conform to than stand against and i think actually just by your actions you can say a lot at that age like if, if i was in the situation now i would have no problem saying it but that's because i'm confident in my faith and i'm 31. at, at 14 or 15 you're not you're not the same. You don't have the same experience, and so actually, this is this is where I think cultivating exactly like what Paul said, cultivating a prayer life, that you have a relationship with God, where in those sticky situations where you don't know what to do, God will provide an answer for you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll never see you stuck. So that's probably where I yeah yeah probably.
1: I I just interject before you then. Uh, maybe it goes back to both of you, where I I would always um, say. Let's, uh, let's pray for opportunities, God give me an opportunity. I want to be something like my team. I don't really know what to do as a 13, 14 year old boy, help me. And God will always give opportunities and then you have courage to take those opportunities. So I think if we're praying for our teammates, our coaches, if we're praying for opportunities, God, I want to do something a bit more obvious. Those opportunities will come. God help me to know what to say. Help me to know what to do. It's just that constant conversation with God I think is really important.
2: I honestly really struggled with that at that age uh, with, like she said, like not just leaving it on the sideline. And one thing I I, I felt convicted about, it, so one thing I tried to do was I wasn't always the best about bringing it on the field like that, but I would try to encourage because uh, a lot of people I'd play with might someone mess up would put the person down. Just try to be the opposite of that and stand out, like you said, with the actions. And uh, that seemed to help a lot, and then it, it gave me a little more confidence to be able to go out there and actually
1: share my faith good you've all better questions than I had so that's great any more no good well thank you again Ethan Paul Neil Daniel I really appreciate the time you're giving up it's a Sunday so it's kind of working on Sunday kind of not working on Sunday that's okay or in summer madness that's okay I would love one of you guys to come up and pray for these people They're involved in sport at the high level and community level and and all sorts and they're doing this day in and day out. This is what they do for a living. Who's going to come up and pray for them quickly to encourage them and keep them going? Two of you come up, great! Come on up! All over. What's your name? Matthew, you're, you're great.
2: Um, dear God, we just, we just thank you that these guys have come and given up their time um, this afternoon to, to tell us about their experiences with you in sport um, and just that we can take away something from this today and, and put it into our, our own sport um, and just help to continue our
1: development with you. Amen. I really appreciate it. Good prayer. Thank you. I'm sure they wouldn't mind asking any questions talking to them once you're done. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your questions. Guys, I appreciate it so much. God bless.